Welcome home, and thank you for joining us here on the Real Life Church Podcast. We are people of faith with the voice of hope who are known by love. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Good to see your smiling faces this morning. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for sharing a part of your portion of your weekend with us. Sometimes I like to uh, start off with something funny, so um, I decided to do that today. A man named Jack was walking along a steep cliff one day when he accidentally got too close to the edge and fell. On the way down, he grabbed a branch as he was falling that temporarily stopped his fall. He looked down to his horror, saw that there was about a thousand foot drop off below him. He couldn't hang on to the branch forever. There was no way for him to climb up the steep wall of the cliff. So Jack began to yell. He began to scream. He began to cry. Is there anyone out there? Please help. Please help. If anyone could hear him, maybe they could lower a rope or do something. Help. Help. If anyone is there, please help me. He held on for as long as he could till he heard a voice that said to him, Jack, Jack, can you hear me? He said, yes, yes, I, I can hear you. I, I'm down here. He said, I see you, Jack. Are you okay? He said, yes, but where are you? He said, I am the Lord, Jack. I'm everywhere. The Lord? You mean like God? He said, yeah, that's me. God, could you please help me? I promise if you help me, uh, get out of here. I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person, and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Easy on the promises, the Lord said. Jack, let's get you down from here. Then we can talk. Now, here's what I want you to do, Jack. Listen to me very carefully. I'll do anything you ask of me, Lord, Jack said. Just tell me what to do. The Lord says, okay, let go of the branch, <laughs> He said, uh, let go of the branch. The Lord says, yes, just trust me, let go. There was a long silence. Finally, Jack said, help, help. Is there anyone else out there? <laughs> Let's pray together before we get into the word of God. Love you, Abba. Such a joy to be in your presence today. I feel hope in the room. I feel faith in the room. I feel mountains are going to be moved today. Things are going to shift. People are going to get strengthened and find grace to help in their moment of need. Lord, I just bless you for your faithfulness. I honor you. I worship you. And I'm so thankful to be with these beautiful people, those online, those who will listen to this podcast. Abba, I pray you give them shalom, perfect peace, and that you cause our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord today. Because we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth do we live. So today, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and open our hearts to receive your grace and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, matter of fact, would you guys stand with me? I want to read, uh, today is going to be um, kind of a two for one. We're going to read a portion of scripture, but it's actually the Lord's Prayer, so we're going to pray read at the same time, which is cool to me. Um, I want to talk to you just for a few more moments that we have left together about overcoming temptation. But on the way to do that, we're going to read the Lord's 
prayer together. So uh, do y'all know it by heart or do y'all need it on the screen? Let's see how good you are. Um, so the Lord's Prayer is, comes out of Matthew chapter 6, and this is what it says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. Last week, we spoke of Jesus' very own temptation during his 40 days of fasting. I had someone say to me the other day, they're like, I'm not so good at the fasting, but if you'll put an E before the A, I'm really good at the feasting. And I, I thought, man, <laughs> I wish the Lord had called us to feast and not called us to fast, right? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the language of Jesus being tempted was a present participle, which means that being tempted wasn't like Jesus fasted 40 days and on one occasion the enemy came by with three temptations. No, the, the truth of it is Jesus being tempted is the act that it was a continual enticement, a continual aggravation, a continual um, pull from the enemy to pull him out of his beloved identity and to pull him into a life of sin. Or there's so much we could say about it, but that, that's, I need you to see that because sometimes if we're not careful, we'll think, well, Jesus faced three temptations and he did it once and then he got to live on easy street. No, he was being tempted. He, anybody know what that feels like? Uh, I know you do. If you, so we don't even have to have you raise your hand. I know you do. Um, but Jesus didn't just face three temptations on one occasion. Our King Messiah and the scriptures have so much to talk about with temptation. Matter of fact, before we even get there, while we were worshiping today, um, as I was spending all week preparing for this, I really kind of felt like I heard the Lord say something that I just want to give to you guys before we even get started. The key to living in victory is submission to God. You can say anything about how God feels about you, and that's wonderful, it's beautiful, and it's true. But the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You cannot resist temptation and live a life of victory if your life hasn't come under divine submission. Uh, well, you'll get that a little later. Um, but the Bible has so much to say about temptation. And it occurred to me, like, Jesus taught his disciples and by them teaching us that in our daily prayers, this is how you should pray. This isn't a prayer to just be repeated. It's not just a prayer to add into some re religious liturgical program. Uh, it's been used that way forever. It's beautiful. It's the Lord's very own words teaching us, watch this, how to pray. And that's, that's literally Jesus' response to the question, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And, and so by way of doing that, listen to me, beloved. I need you to hear this. 
Because Jesus is teaching us how to live a life of victory and overcoming temptations in our life. He does not assume that you won't face them. He actually assumes you will. He, uh, the son of the living God, robed in the word made flesh, comes by to teach you how to pray and say, listen, because you got flesh and bone on you, because you live in a fallen world, because you live where you live and the people you live around, don't look at your neighbor right now, you're going to suffer temptation. So let me help you live in victory. Let me show you the way of victory. And by the way, Jesus says to pray that... God would not lead us into temptation. But that's a funny thing, right? Because if you're familiar with the scriptures, if you're not, that's okay. James, one of the Lord's own disciples, teaches us that no one can say when he's being tempted that God was the source of it. God is not tempted with evil, and neither does God going around tempting people. So I, I, I got I to gotta throw a look. A little something out there. I can't tell you how many people I've met in my life who have struggles, who, who battle things, who battle addictions, who battle things. And, and this is some of the language I've heard. Well, the Lord's called me to fight this battle. Don't blame your weakness and your infirmity and your temptations on him. God is not tempting you. So God is not the author of evil. God is not light and darkness. God is light and in him is no darkness. And so what we have to understand, we are being tempted by so many things. We're being tempted by our own desires. We're being tempted by our own cravings. And we're being tempted by an enemy. Matter of fact, on one occasion, Paul writes a letter. He says, I had to write to you and I had to send, uh, I think it was Timothy, to find out how you were doing lest the tempter had tempted you and caused you to fall astray. So Paul is known, I'm establishing disciples, the Spirit of God is moving, people's lives are being changed, people's lives are being healed, God is doing amazing things, people are, are, are coming to Christ, the world is being shaken, so much so that the Bible says all of Asia heard the word of the Lord. I mean, God, the, the word of the Lord is running rapidly, but Paul, the apostle, has a, has a sense. He knows, like the, like the video we watched, there's a storm coming. And the Bible says when he ends his letter that he has pleaded with them with tears, crying to them night and day that they should live vigilant, that they should live sober, that they should live ready because temptations and testings will come your way. Jesus, our Lord, teaches us. This video today, just so interesting how it connects to this. Jesus teaches, listen, every person's going to suffer a testing or a temptation in their life. It's what you build your life on that matters. It's what you build your life on, whether you can take the storm or not. So I, I think this is interesting, and I think it's necessary for us to just reawaken to, to rehear the words of our God. Listen, we spoke a little bit last week, and if you weren't here, go listen to that podcast. Go find that YouTube video. We talked about the temptations Jesus faced, the three categories of those things, and, and we can interconnect with those stories. But so often, temptation doesn't just look like a temptation to go murder somebody, a temptation to sell your soul to the devil to get wealth and riches, Right? Temptation is so much more subtle than that. The Bible says concerning our enemy, he was the most subtle beast. 
that the Lord God made. You know what the, the hardest enemy to fight is the one that looks like your friend. The hardest temptation to fight is the one that comes from the voice within you that sounds like an amazing idea. Well, just do this. No one will know. You deserve it. You've been a good person. You, no, no one will ever find out, right? None of us are familiar with that voice, right? Because the hardest enemy to fight is the one that sounds like your friend. The hardest enemy to fight is the one that, that disguises itself within your personality. And there's so much we could say about that. But we all face temptation. We all, all face temptations. If you, if you haven't faced temptations, you might want to ask your neighbor to pinch you. You might not be alive anymore. You might be like Bernie propped up in the chair. In case nobody has told you lately, there's a war going on. And in case no one's told you lately, the Bible commands us to be sober, to be vigilant, to be on the alert, for the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Why don't you just take yourself off the menu today by submitting your life to God? When we submit our lives to God and we submit our, our, our whole life into the, into the obedience of Christ, we get off the devil's menu. You're not on the menu. From, now, he can come to the, order and rest, the restaurant and order it, but the server will say, sorry, we no longer have that on the menu. Wayne's not on the menu anymore. He's been, we, we've taken that one off, you know. And so... Um, so I think it's important for us to, to remember that we're in a war. The enemy wants you to compromise. He wants you to live in disobedience. He wants you to sow to the flesh. Because if he can get you to do that, what does the Bible say? You'll reap corruption. If he can get you to live out of obedience, out of unity, out of harmony with the Holy Spirit, then we're stuck in our own ways, reaping our own stuff. And it's not that God doesn't love us or God isn't good or God isn't merciful and God doesn't care. It's just we're walking according to the flesh. And God does not want us to just live as human beings who had a temporary spiritual experience. No, the truth is, listen to me, you are a spiritual being having a temporary human experience. You will live forever, beloved. Whether you live in smoking or non-smoking is up to you. But you're going to live forever, and you're not designed to be the enemy's walking mat. He, you're, not, you're not born again to just be the enemy's treadmill. You're supposed to put him under your feet. And you don't have to work real hard of it. That's where he already is if you live in the Spirit. If Jesus is Lord and, he, and your life is submitted to God, this is what the Bible says. You will tread on serpents and scorpions and over some of the power of the, oh, no. All of, I wish I had a church that wanted to live in victory. I wish I had a church that had a shout in their mouth that knew the devil is defeated. If the devil's defeated, that means he has no feet anymore. If the devil's been disarmed, it means he has no arms anymore. How are you going to lose to a guy with no feet and no arms? Anyway, sorry, that's a bad joke. Kind of true, though. <laughs> but the temptations are more subtle than that. The temptations are to just tell a lie or to tell a half-truth or to 
disguise what we've really done, right? So temptation comes in so many different forms, so many different fashions. Last week, we discussed Jesus faced three temptations. The Apostle John says we too will face three temptations in our life. 1 John 2.16 says this, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Aren't you glad that you don't have to face temptations alone? Aren't you glad that God went before us and left us a roadmap to victory? Listen, if you're not being tempted, that's okay. You're cool. You're living in victory. I promise you, somebody in your life, somebody in your neighborhood, somebody on your job, somebody in your family is suffering temptation. They are being tempted. They are being put to the test. And we need to be be sober, to be vigilant, to live with discernment. Come on, somebody. To live with discernment. Discernment means your ears are open, you're, you're, you're ready, you're watching, you're, you're, you're discerning what God is wanting to do. And matter of fact, Jesus rebuked some people. He said, y'all look in the sky and y'all can tell what's about to happen, but you don't look right around you and discern what is happening. Jesus knew when the enemy would try to attack. On one occasion, Jesus is recorded as having saying, listen, I will not be speaking to you much longer because the Satan, the enemy is coming and he's got nothing in me. And I'm not going to give him anything to work with. When he looks in my tool bag, it's going to be empty. Sorry, nothing to help you, partner. I'm so glad we don't face temptations alone. Pushed by our feelings, dragged by our desires, and driven by our egos. Listen to Hebrews. I love this so much. Hebrews 2, verse 18, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. Woo. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he's able to help you. Check out Hebrews 4, 15. This is so cool. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin to sympathize look at your neighbor say don't you sympathize with me even if your neighbor doesn't god does god sympathizes with your weaknesses now very rarely is this true but i actually love the king james version of this of the way he ties this verse together it literally says it like this but god um, is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That means God feels what you feel. He knows how to help you when you're being tempted. He himself has suffered being tempted. Tempted to give up. Tempted to give in. Tempted to throw in the towel. Tempted to live with less than good integrity, tempted to, to do all kinds of things. God feels the drag. He feels the feelings of our weaknesses. That makes me want to run around the building and throw my boot at somebody. I'm going to throw it at John. That's, throw it at John. Because I get so excited because, listen, Neil was talking earlier. Uh, man, what an awesome time of worship together. I love, so beautiful. God is still in the room, still in the moment. And, and, and this is what I, he said. There were many gods who were asking many things from people, but God 
is the one. He, he knows what Abraham's feeling. He knows what Abraham's going through. And he says, listen, when you get there, it ain't going to be you doing the providing of anything. It's going to be me. God identifies, feels, steps into his moment and actually provides what is needed for Abraham to have victory. What kind of God is this who can step into our moment and feel what we feel? I'm so excited. I don't know what to say. The Bible said, this is what Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter, I think it's 4 verse 15. This is what, this is what Moses says. He's remembering the children of Israel going through the wilderness. And the book of Deuteronomy means to remember. And this is what he says. What, what nation is there like this who has God so, I love this old English, so nigh unto them that, he, that we may call upon him in, in our distress, that we may call upon him for whatever we need. That we, what, who is this that's so close to us? What other people is there that has a God so nigh unto them? That word nigh is, is such a beautiful word. And it literally, let me read a little bit of this to you, and I'm hurrying. Um, the, the word nigh here means not distant or in a remote place, time. Anybody work remotely anymore? That means you work off-site, you work off-camera, you work off. The Bible says God doesn't do that. God doesn't work remotely. He works intimately. <laughs> Not in remote degree or kind or in the circumstances, but he is an ally and he is intimate. My God, I'm giving somebody tools for victory. Somebody's going to give the devil a black eye this week, I tell you. Because... God is in the situation close and in proximity and involved in the court. God can turn it around. Jesus, who is there like our God that's so nigh unto us? The Lord is not distant. He's not in a remote location. He doesn't use a remote control. He's not of a... a, a departed in our circumstances but he is acquainted and he feels what we feel and there is no other God like this that's so nigh unto us <laughs> Jeremiah 23 he says am I not a God close at hand and not a God afar off <laughs> oh my God can anyone hide in a corner and I won't find him am I not present everywhere whether seen or unseen, oh, my God. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of Very present? I mean, to be present means to be all here. God is able to be more than all here. He's able to be very present. I am who I am <laughs> because the I am tells me who I am. Look, look at 2 Peter 2 9. This one just, this one would oil up your boxing gloves and get you throwing a few jabs right here. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Man, did you, did you hear? The Lord knows how to deliver you out of temptations. 
The Bible says no temptation has overtaken you except such as common demand that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear, but with the temptation will make an escape door. I'm just speechless. His word just leaves me speechless sometimes. My goodness. I want to put some tools in your bag, and I'm going to hurry. we got eight things I'm going to tell you in the next eight minutes, okay? So Jesus said, this is Luke 17, 1 in the Amplified Version, but check this out. Jesus said, um, temptations, snares, and traps are sure to come. Temptation comes in many forms. Too often we think of being tempted or being enticed to do big things like stealing or committing adultery. And although those are serious temptations, most often we're tempted to lie, to speak half-truths, to be impatient. Come on, somebody. To gossip, to be stingy or jealous or selfish, to hold grudges, to murmur and complain and be bitter. Those are the things we are constantly being tempted into, which we just call lesser sins. So I want to give you eight tools to put in your bag today to help you get victory in the area of temptation. You ready to listen? Ready to run? Here we go. Number one, you got to identify your seducer. Where or what is the source of the temptation? When you are being tempted, is this my flesh? Is this the people around me trying to pull me away? Or is this a spiritual attack? Learn to discern and identify the source. And if you need to, remove yourself from the situation. So number one, identify the source. Identify the seducer. Number two, study the word of Almighty God. Get it in you. Get it on your lips. Jesus defeated Satan with it is written. Listen, I love this, Revelation 3.10. Because you have kept the word of my patience, I will keep you from the hour of temptation. Something bigger than just learning the word and looking at stuff on pages. It can get in you. It can, it can fill you. It's living bread. Jesus said, listen, if you'll eat the bread I give you, you'll never hunger again. The bread I give you is life. Listen, when we get the word of God in us, the, this is what Jesus says in the church. He says, if you'll keep my word, I'll keep you. My God. Number three, flee from temptations. Joseph left his coat and he ran. Listen to this. The Bible says, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from idolatry. Flee from youthful lust. Flee from living a life of compromise, but pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So the Bible is telling you to run away from something, but run to something. Hello, somebody. I'm enjoying this message. Number four is pray. Now, I know this doesn't sound like a land-shaking revelation, but Jesus, we read it together, taught us to pray. And can I adjust the language there a little bit for you? When we pray, lead us not into temptation, it feels like we're asking God not to lead us to temptation. This is how I've learned to pray this. I pray this every day of my life. Lord, lead me away from the traps, the snares, the schemes, the tricks. The, lead me away from the potholes, from the plans, from the stuff the enemy wants me to fall into. Lead me away from the... 
Come on, Jesus said, pray this way. And then I wanted to talk about deliverance from evil, but we ain't going to have time for that today. Number four, pray. And Jesus said in them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Jesus taught us to pray that he would lead us away from the snares and traps, schemes and tricks. Number five, y'all get ready, we're almost done. Discipline your senses. Well, I don't like that word discipline. I want God to do everything. God's given you the power to do some stuff. He's given you the, the authority to make some choices. Number five, discipline your sense, uh, senses. The power to become holy comes from God alone and by him alone. But if your power of choice controls your five senses, is not surrendered to God, you will never overcome temptation. It's like I, I heard a story about a guy who had lost 100 pounds, was just super doing, I mean, just doing really great, new clothes, new wardrobe, new attitude, new personality. Everybody at work was watching this. They were so taken away. And then he said, um, he said, well, uh, what I had done was I had changed my route to work because I used to drive by my favorite bakery and the smell would hit my senses and I would find myself putting on my blinker, pulling into the parking lot and saying, it must be the will of God. So he had changed his route to work to avoid the snares and the traps and was living. But one day he was in a hurry and said, well, I'm just going to go the old way. And so when he went the old way, all of a sudden the, the bakery and he saw the sign flashing. Oh, my goodness. He smelled it. He remembered the taste. And he said, well, Lord, if it's your will for me to have the baked goods today, then let there be a front parking spot just for me. You wouldn't believe it, he said, on my eighth lap around. the, the <laughs> We got to learn to discipline our senses a little bit, all right? Because if, 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 you're to, if you're wanting an excuse to do what you want to do, the enemy will make sure he opens that front parking space just for you. <laughs> we must discipline our sense of smell, touch, hear, and taste. Let our senses be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Mm, I'm preaching really good. Number six, we're almost done. Neil, if you want to come, I think they'll believe me. Um, number six, be alert to defeat temptations and Satan. You must be sensitive to your surroundings. I'm not saying you should walk around with binoculars on, look, trying to find the enemy under every bush. I don't actually believe in living like that. I know people say, matter of fact, I've heard people say, there's not a devil under every bush. There's a thousand. And that might be true in some way. Or, that's not how we're to live. We're to live with a good eye. We're to live with our heart fixed and our affections fixed on Abba. We're not to look to find evil, but don't be ignorant. The Bible commands us, don't be ignorant of Satan's tricks and schemes. Is that right? Don't be ignorant. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be ignorant. <laughs> that felt good to say, did <laughs> Number seven, walk in the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Does that mean we wake up and we put on cloud shoes and we just imagine ourselves not touching the earth anymore? And 
Romans 8 says, Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh. My God. To live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. Here's what I want to say about that. When it comes to walking in the Spirit, this is a key. I learned this years ago. Man, take, put this in your tool bag today, okay? Everybody open up your tool bag. Get ready for this one. You don't owe your flesh anything. You are not a debtor to your flesh. Anybody ever notice the language of commercials? You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, you, you deserve it, right? The third piece of cake, you, you deserve it. You've worked hard all week. You don't owe your flesh anything, listen to me, because of what Christ Jesus has done for us, your body is no longer your master. You do not need to obey its dictates, its impulses, or its cravings. My God. I'm going to get saved today. Lord, I... So good. So good. You don't have to give in to the cravings. You don't have to give in to the impulses. You don't have to give in to the urges. The Bible says if we've been buried with Christ in baptism, then we've been raised to walk in newness of life. And we are no longer debtors to our flesh. Wow. How many of you guys can see I don't always obey? <laughs> I walked 7.77 miles yesterday and I said, my God, that deserves a milkshake at the end of the day. <laughs> and undid the whole 7.77. Number eight, put on the armor of God. The Bible says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in that day, to withstand evil in that day. He says, stand therefore. Won't y'all stand therefore? Would y'all stand with me? Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. My God, somebody take it up today. With which you shall be able to quench a few of the fiery dark. Oh, what does it say? You shall be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. That sounds like a setup for victory to me. We just got to, we got to put our, we got to put the armor on. Which means we, we got to live our life submitted to Christ. Live our lives with our affection set on his presence. And as you do that, you find yourself being girded. The breastplate of righteousness is how God feels about you and you know it and you put that on. The helmet of salvation is submitting my mind and my thoughts to the ways of God. The sword of the spirit is that word of God that is in our lives and in our mouths and, and God is setting us up for victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand therefore. Watch this. That you may quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, praying with all prayer and supplication, being watchful 
to this end. Watch this, with all perseverance. I know this is going to sound like a word, but I'm just going to quote to you the Bible. Sometimes you just got to persevere. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. He can't command you to do something you can't do. He can't command you to do something. Man, it's hard to persevere, ain't it? That ain't a word we like. That ain't a word we shout about. Do you tell people that in the locker room at halftime, coach? Y'all just need to persevere. They're like, we need something more than that, man. Give us something better than that. Persevere. That doesn't sound very fun. Here's the word of the Lord to you. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common amount. You ain't weird, you ain't unique, and you ain't broken beyond. We're all suffering temptations at times, and it's common. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. I feel victory in this house. But God will provide the way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. Listen, here in this moment, I just had a few questions as I'm closing. Are you born again? Listen, this is a serious question. Do you know you've been forgiven of a life of sin and your life is made new in Jesus? Do you know you're a child of God? Being tempted by the devil, being tempted by our flesh is not a sin, but giving in to a life of sin has eternal consequences. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, I pray if there's anyone in this room today who has never thrown up their hand and say, God, I can't do this without you, and I don't want to live a life of sin, and I definitely don't want eternal consequences. I believe your love right here, right now in this moment. I surrender. I submit to God. I trust Jesus with my life. Just maybe right here in this moment, if, you've ne- if you can't say, I know my name's in that book of life. I know I'm born again. This isn't all you and God need to talk about, but right here in this moment, why don't you just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. I'm tired of being kicked around and tossed around and pulled around and drug around by my own desires and being a, a, a toy and a play of the enemy. Today, God, I remove myself from his menu and I place my faith in my life in Jesus Christ. The second question I want to ask you is, have you been living according to the flesh? Or are you alert? Are you sober? Are you vigilant? Listen to me, beloved. The enemy doesn't play fair. He would love to distract you, to discourage you, to weigh you down and keep you defeated. But God, but God will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. If you've been walking in the flesh, you've been given in to the, the old story and repeating the narrative over and over again right here in this moment, just want you to, let's just obey James 4, 7 and say, just Lord, I submit my life into your hands. You said, Abba, that if I submit to God, and I resist the devil, he'll flee from me. And I want to send the enemy packing today. 
I just see a no trespassing sign being put up at your yard when your life is submitted to God. Third thing, if you're being tempted, just know God is able to aid you. God feels what you feel. He's not a God afar off. He's a God close at hand. Who is there like this, a God so close to us who feels what we feel, who knows what we face, and who is faithful and who is strong and mighty to help us live in victory? I'm going to call for the prayer team right now. Listen, you don't have to feel dirty, second class, defeated or broken today I believe in the name of Jesus there's victory coming there's victory here some of you suffer from shame and you suffer from regret and you, and, and it just feels like I think today God is saying listen I love you I'm crazy about you and I'm tired of watching you get your butt kicked so let's do this my way and not your way Whew. I feel that made a drop in somebody. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, but I want to pray the, the blessing of the Lord over you. And I want you guys to just receive this blessing, receive this promise from God. He said this is how he puts his name on us. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. God bless you. We love you so much, man. If you need prayer, we're here for you. We love you guys. Live in victory this week. You're able to. For more information, to give, or if you need prayer for anything, visit us online at reallifeministries.org. Shalom.